0: How you doing? This is Dusty Rhodes and welcome to Tech Radio, the number one Irish tech podcast with all the latest in tech from around Ireland and across the world. Remember, as well as our show on air with RTE and online via the website or your favourite podcasting app, we keep you bang up to date on all things tech every day with hourly updates and daily newsletters which you can grab for free at techcentral.ie. They say we've come to the end of the most depressing week of the year when we're still paying for Christmas. The weather is terrible and there's nothing to look forward to, which is why many people take this time of the year to go looking for a new job. That's why we're taking a look at the IT jobs market this week, finding out how IT compares to other sectors, where the opportunities are, along with the money and flexibility in hours, and some good tips to top up your CV. To get all of this, our Tech Central editor, Niall Kitson, caught up with Stephen Daly, senior consultant at Olus Recruitment, who specialises in IT jobs, and asked him, has the tech sector been hit badly by the recession?
1: No I I I don't believe so um from from our point of view it's been quite um it has been turbulent I won't say it hasn't been turbulent for any sector but the tech sector was one that seemed to push on through um, regardless of the the situation outside in the economy. It was almost like it was its own little bubble. And that's probably the wrong choice of words there, given the the property bubble that happened and, and started it all. But um, it was a situation whereby you look at the financial institutions, as much turmoil as, as they were in, they needed... Technical people to help them through this and and to reestablish their 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 situation uh, in the market and and right the way across, okay, you did see probably for maybe six twelve months of that time companies just pulling in the reins a little bit and saying let 's see what happens let 's see what happens, but nothing came to a standstill you didn 't see you know, mass redundancies um, in, in the market and within within that short period of time companies let the the reins off a little bit again and said okay you know what we're we're okay you know regardless of what's going on around us we still need to kick on we still need product development we still need you know our businesses to expand and and thankfully for our industry um yeah we didn't we didn't have that major hit that you look at other places like architecture or construction or whatever it might have been we're, were so severely damaged
2: and i guess because the tech sector didn't experience the crash in the same way or if a if at all that has sort of given rise or, or given a space to experiment with different ways of working. So how do you find people entering either the workforce from scratch or expanding their career within IT, how do you find their expectations might be different in terms of you know, salaries or working conditions than other sectors?
1: Yeah, I suppose because we are um, IT specific, we, we see the other sectors from a periphery rather than actually being heavily involved. However... Um, people coming into the IT sector now, they they have very different um, views on what they expect, um, let's say, than what they did maybe when I started out in 2002. Um, So, you know, there is this mindset of... They all, you know, are mostly want to work for a company like Google, like Facebook, those big American multinationals um, who who have that, you know, that buzz to their office. But, you know, not every company can can be that and not every company can offer that. So there is an element of truly understanding what their skill set is um, as they come into the market and trying to help them find something that's going to be able to deliver them the best working experience, not just the game of ping pong at lunch or or, or whatever it might be, you know.
2: That's a, an interesting point to raise about sort of the what they call the chocolate factories, the LinkedIn's, yep. the Googles, the you know the Facebooks, etc., where they do expect you to bring what they call your whole self to work and, and stay yep. for as, as long as is necessary. Is there a natural attraction for these kind of companies, or are these sort of you know the ping pong tables, the gyms, etc.? Are they kind of overrated, and it's having that stamp that company on your CV that really
1: matters? I don't think they're overstated um, in the sense that so many people I talk to who have worked or are currently working there really do feel... Um, an affinity to the company that they're working for so be that the beers on a Friday or be that the gym on site that they don't have to then go and head somewhere else they feel they can keep themselves you know sort of physically sharp as well as mentally sharp by being able to get away from the desk and go, go and go and do a workout or whatever it might be in the organization I think it's that flexibility I think it's the feeling that the company whilst they want as you say your your whole self and um, there's a there's an element of them giving you the responsibility to get the job done. So it's not the old age company whereby they set the hours, they set the the rules, and that that's the only way to work. There tends to be a lot of give and take um, in organisations like the the chocolate factories, as as you refer to it, um, whereby they say, listen, you know, there's a time at which we need you to be here. Other than that, you can come in at you know whatever time in the morning or leave at whatever time in the evening, once you're getting the work done. And that's, you know, truthfully with a lot of companies, that's really the way it should be in the sense that if you're delivering, isn't that all that matters? You know, is, are you better off having, you know, 100 staff on the floor from nine till six and achieving 40 to 60 percent productivity? Or are you better off having an environment whereby people do have to live away from the office now? They do have creches that they need to bring their kids to. They do have, you know, uh, extracurricular activities in the evenings or college courses they might be doing in the evenings that they need to get out that bit earlier or come in that bit later. I think you get a more productive workforce by having that level of flexibility there. And I think more and more companies beyond the chocolate factories, even the financial services and uh, companies now are starting to see that and offer that flexibility and, and say, OK, listen, we have core hours that we need people here. But outside of that, get the work done and, and we're all good. And, and, and you definitely see a you know a benefit from that in, in employees. I think one of the interesting parts of
2: uh, flexible working con- conditions that we're seeing now thank- aided Thankfully, to, to good broadband is the idea of distributed teams and companies filling skills gaps abroad, but for Irish offices.
1: Yeah, absolutely. There's there's plenty of the the big multinationals um, who have decided. You know what? We can we can't find the staff here, and, and that is a problem. You know we, we need to we need to um, address that in the sense that it is very difficult to find not just Irish candidates but good candidates. That are based here, be they be they on visas, be they EU citizens, whatever they might be. There's still a massive shortage of high quality candidates in Ireland to fill the amount of roles that are open. So I think when you're a big organisation and your company is affected um, financially and, and from a produ- productivity point of view, um, you have to think outside the box, and that's led for them to say, okay, listen, you know, Eastern Europe has a has a high level of of educated, skilled. Um, workers that that we can tap into. I think they originally tried to maybe entice those people over here, and now they've gone the other route of saying, "Okay, well, you know, maybe they're. I don't know. But I, I believe they're they're maybe being enticed by by you know government subsidies or or grants or whatever it might be. But it's very easy for them to set up a development center in Poland, in Romania, wherever it might be. The young people are doing their best, you know, or are attempting to to be fluent in English anyway. You know, you see it across central europe and 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 Eastern Europe, whereby they want to have a second language because they see it from a technology point of view as being you know making themselves more saleable um, and that that leads them to be able to set up a development center at probably a fraction of the cost of what they can in Ireland and still deliver great code and and and, and have a an excellent development center that 's not necessarily good news for the Irish market, but it can be good news for a multinational who really is You know open to having centers wherever they need to in order to deliver what they what they've set out to do but that lack of of skills it's not necessarily um, terminal by any stretch
2: I mean as as you say it's a matter of actually getting people on that conveyor belt and, and filling those skills gaps so as somebody that's working in recruitment what kind of areas do
1: you think are particularly underserved at the moment there's there 's the the age old lack of of quality developers um you're you 're constantly finding um it difficult to find um, high you know highly skilled developers that that want to move. I think what we need to probably do and and you are starting to see it i think the sooner that the likes of coding and i t is in, in installed as a junior cert or a leaving cert um, subject, I think we will then be in a position whereby we start to see people opening their mind to, um, to to getting into that field because at this moment in time i think if you haven't excelled with you know mathematics or science through your um, through your school life then there's there's a much smaller chance of you going that road down towards software engineering or or whatever it might be computer science i think if you can open that gate for kids at 12 13 14 and show them that it's not this massive Thing to worry about and that it can be taught to them over time and they, it just becomes second nature to them, then I think we, we open ourselves to be able to um, really serve uh, the, the market the way we want to. I think one of the interesting things about uh, the technology
2: sector in general, because you do want to get kids on board at that age, is that it becomes very skill centric. A lot, of, you know, If you're working in sales, it's money centric, it's salary centric. Yeah, yeah, your commission is your, is your benchmark. In technology, it's very much the, the skills you require, whether they be current or not.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and technology moves so quickly you know um if you're not keeping up to speed with the the skills that you're working with and and this is something that technical people are always mindful of when changing jobs you know is the new job that I going that I'm going to go into going to feed my hunger um for the latest technologies or am I going to go backwards am I going to end up the, okay it's it's a, it's a great company and it's a great salary but all of a sudden I'm working on with technologies I worked with four years ago three years ago not the ones that are coming up in the next six months what's that going to do to my career and my saleability um, to other companies in two years time when I want to have a look around again so so that's always in you know at the forefront for technical people they're always looking at the the next thing that's coming down the tracks and how do I position myself to be to be at the forefront of that and that in turn leads to better salaries, it leads to better opportunities, it leads to more probably enjoyable and exciting jobs, because if you're at the cutting edge, you're going to be able to talk to people about what's coming down the track, and, and, and that's what most technical people want. Most aren't driven necessarily by money. I won't say that nobody likes a nice uh, a nice salary, of course, So, but I think if you offered a lot of technical people an extra 5K um, or 10K in their salary to go backwards with the tech they'd be reluctant to do it. One final
2: thing that uh, I think is quite interesting about the tech sector is the structure of people's CVs these days Mm. that things that would have raised a red flag about the quality of a candidate in the past perhaps are are actually good things these days particularly in terms of the length of employment so how
1: how has the perspective on that changed? Well yeah I I think um, the idea of a Pensionable job um, is a thing of the past, and and I think that shows no sign of, of coming back into play. Um, so whilst yes, a benefits package is, is great with a, with a role when when being offered a position in the company, the truth is the idea of staying two two and a half years in a in a company isn't seen as a bad thing anymore. 18 months isn't seen as a bad thing anymore in in a lot of cases, especially again in those chocolate factories and those American multinationals because it's seen as you, especially in maybe the first five, six, seven years of of your career, gaining as much as you can from that role Seeing is there somewhere for you to go within that company in in that short period of time, and if there's not, then you move on. You go somewhere else where you can learn more, where you can build your your career. And as you say, it's it's very much seen as building blocks. The old days it was get into a company, get settled, work your way up. Um, and I think that comes down to the amount of jobs that are available. You look at the market now; there is a plethora of 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 uh, excellent IT roles open at the moment. That in itself opens up opportunities for people to say, "Listen, you know what? If I'm not happy here, if we're not doing the sort of work that I want to be doing, there's other stuff out there for me, and I'm not afraid to to go and do it." And that in turn, you know, leads to hiring managers who have also probably done the same thing in those sort of companies, saying, "Well, fair play to him or fair play to her." Um, you know, they've gone, they've experienced three or four different companies over the last six years. They bring a lot of different experience with them, and that's the sort of person we want in this organization. Whereas. Maybe when, you know, 10 years ago, when you were looking at a CV and you seen somebody jumping around every 12 or 18 months, you were saying, you know, why is this person moving so often? Why are they not getting the opportunities in the organization that they're, that they're in to stay and, and build on that?
2: One last slightly unfair question, I suppose, uh, <laughs> when, when it comes to futurology, which sort of positions are in the most demand at the moment? If you were to start off a, a career right now, which area would
1: be your, your sweet spot? Um, starting off right now, I think there's a few areas. Uh, big data is is an area of which, you know, over the last few years has exploded. And that's only going one way. You know, we data is going to become a currency. And we can see that coming down the lines with GDPR as well. You know, there's a European directive now on the way in May, um, which will put a lot of um, penalties in the way of companies who aren't compliant with, with people's data. Um, and that in itself, everything's about data banks now. Uh, you know, Companies want as much information from you as possible, whether that's to use it for their own gain in terms of marketing the right type of product towards you or whether it's to sell your information to other companies who in turn want to sell your products. Um, really, it's about data. So, so big data is huge. Um, IT security and information security as well is another piece which is away from big data but another masterpiece. And de- and development will always be there you know there's always new development languages there's always new flavors of of the the current languages out there and 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 that will always be something that you know if you're if you're looking at where to go now they, they would be three areas that
0: i would definitely push and that was Nile and chatting to Stephen Daly from Olus Recruitment, who you can find online at olus.ie. That's our show for this week. The programme is supported by irishjobs.ie. For the latest jobs from IT recruiters like Olus, visit techcentral.ie forward slash jobs. That address again, techcentral.ie forward slash jobs, powered by irishjobs.ie. Remember, you can get the lowdown on all things tech in Ireland with hourly updates, daily newsletters and more at our website, TechCentral. .ie or listen to us each week online or Fridays at 5 p.m. on DAB digital radio with RTÉ Radio 1 Extra. Until next time from myself Dusty Rhodes. Thanks for listening. Have a great weekend. Get Tech Radio. Subscribe for free with iTunes or download on demand at techcentral.ie. Tech Radio is produced by digitalaudioproductions.com.